Hello and welcome to the brand new educational podcast, The Teachers of Tomorrow. With The Teachers of Tomorrow. With your co-host, Mr. Aldring, otherwise known as Matt. And Mr. Gregory, also known as Sam. And we are here to share our journey, experiences and views on all things education. Hey guys and welcome back to the latest podcast episode where today we'll be discussing uh, teacher training preparation and luckily me and Sam have been joined by Mr Ben Hoggis otherwise known as at Terini primary teacher on the gram. Uh, ben first of all thanks for coming on mate. I know we've obviously been been in contact for, for a while the three of us uh, so it's nice to finally get you on here. Uh, just for anyone that doesn't know you I'm sure there are plenty of people that do but just for anyone that doesn't just give a little out. Um, sort of background on where you are now and your teaching journey. Yeah, so um, as you said, I'm Ben. I'm in my, just coming to finish my second year of undergraduate teacher training. So doing three year BA honours in primary in Birmingham. Um, so my, I've got my final year uh, starting in September. Before that, after I did A-levels, I worked for four years as a retail manager working in two different food retailers um but yeah knew it wasn't something i wanted to do long term i think i always thought teaching was for me but it yeah. was just about getting the right route there really so um but i've never looked back really pleased with where i'm at, at the moment so um would urge anyone who's thinking about teaching but doing something else to just take the leap and do it yeah. And that's sort of, well, similar to sort of my journey, really, out of school, doing other jobs, and then found found that we really should be back in teaching, but it took a later later time to, to get into it. And yeah, like I said, both of us never look back. Uh, just before we get started, if you want to get in touch with Ben after this, uh, his Instagram handle is at Trainery Primary Teacher. Uh, or like I say, if you want to get in touch with me and Sam on the Teachers of Tomorrow page, then it's at Teachers of Tomorrow, or on Twitter, uh, at TFT Pod. But yeah, no, like I say, it should be a really good interview. Talk about the upcoming year, which I know you've obviously been doing a lot of networking um, on the, on the gram uh, behind the scenes. So we'll get into that sort of sort of now, Sam, and we're going to introduce Sam. He's been a bit quiet over there, actually. I didn't want to interrupt <laughs> anyone. I didn't want to be rude. <laughs> yeah. So um, obviously, you've, you've you spoke about making like the the, the transition into uh, teaching and the uh, undergraduate degree, and I think now. I thought a lot of people going into their training year who are just starting, I think there's a lot of worries and panics because obviously the the situation that we find ourselves in. For you, what what were you worried about when you were going into your, your training year? Because I because I um, changed career, like I started to do my teacher training at the age of 22 when most people my, in my year of school had done their, say, three-year undergrad and then did a one-year post-grad or a master's. Mm. So I was just really worried about standing out in like a sea of like 18 year olds on this course, being like this 22 year old tall man who just is there. Um, but my university, the reason why I picked my university is it's probably about in my year, there's probably about 160 of us, but it was a really, it's a really sort of diverse, inclusive university that like we've got lots of different people. Some people who've like some, someone I know on my course has worked in the, I think it was the RAF for 20 years and then has now made the change to become a teacher. We've had people that have been teaching assistants who become teachers, people that, who are parents. So they've just had a gap bringing up children and now gone to it. Um, and so it wasn't just lots of, which is nothing wrong with it, lots of just 18 year olds who come straight from college um, or whatever. So that was, I think, the big thing I was worried about. Like, And then all the natural things that because you're a bit older, are you going to find people that sort of, you connect with and that your values and views align but I was really lucky that I met some really great people um, in university but also in school as well who were just really supportive so I think that was the the, the one big worry um, that I had yeah. to to begin with I think yeah, that, that worry that worry is probably shared by me as well to be fair because I know you're saying you went you, I didn't realize obviously you started at 22 that's so young compared to me even now like that's probably similar to sort of Sam how old are you 22 23 20, 21 I was when I started yeah 21 yeah, yeah so um but again similar sort of thing starting university again you you assume that you're going to be 
one of the only older ones. Um, and obviously you're in a bigger cohort than me and Sam, but even in our cohort, I think we ended up with about, I think we only had 60, 70 people on our course. And some of the friends that we've made, you know, are all kind of a bit older, um, you know, a couple of them are like parents, etc. One of them has like their own business um, on the side of work. So it's, yeah, you, I think before you go to uni, you kind of have this sort of idea of what it's going to be like going back. But in reality, it is very diverse and inclusive. And those you do connect and, and share yeah. experiences with so many more people that you probably would imagine. I think yeah. especially, especially our course as well, like some of you, Ben, ours was very diverse in terms of the backgrounds of people, but also like the ages as well. There wasn't, there wasn't like a standout of like, there wasn't a majority of ages, I would mm-hmm. say. I think it was very very mixed and there was a decent decent age range and like you said like there was uh, parents or yeah it was it, it was good I, I, yeah. I enjoyed it because yeah. yeah well and I think what's nice at our course well. yeah you don't just have then say like all of the parents sticking together and all of the sort of career change sticking together it's really nice to see that you've got a mixture of people all mixing together and it wasn't until I thought like recently in lockdown that some of the like skills and experiences I've picked up from working for those four years, I thought I'd never use them or really reflect on them until say, if I potentially became a leader in a school, some of those things might have been useful, but actually I didn't realise how much I've learned that has yeah. really benefited. I'm sure you, both you yeah. agree with that, that oh, regardless yeah. of your background, that you've got so much to give and that's what's so great about it i think i think you've touched on it there like obviously like your your biggest worry is about like going in as a, as a 20 22 year old to university but then it's obviously like proven that you didn't really need to worry was there anything mm-hmm. else that you were over worrying about that that you proved that you didn't need to worry about i think i think the, the natural one is like which i think a lot of people worry about is like the workload and the that sort of well-being like i had no in my four years of working i had no life work balance at all um and i got it wrong and i think sometimes you do need to get it wrong to get it right so yeah. i wanted to i remember when i told someone i told a teacher oh well i'm changing career to teaching um i've got no life work balance at the moment she was like well why on earth are you coming into teaching then and i was just like <laughs> well um and then i sort of had to sort of word my way out of it but it was more so that i because i didn't have that life work balance now that is really important to me so i just sort of had some systems set up in place at the, before I started ready so that it wouldn't be an issue. So yeah. like, so, and a lot of them stemmed from teachers that say I'd volunteer when I was doing volunteering. He said like one teacher said to me, commit to never taking a book home with you because, and it will really help. Um, and I know I'm only training when, but I've never taken a book home on my teacher training. That's something I've really stuck by. Um, and yeah. but I um, mean, some people probably listen to think, "Well, he's probably at school till yeah. nine o'clock." Then you're going to be the worst. <laughs> you're going to be the worst teacher ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, um, I think that that something like that has really helped. And one thing that so like all those and being really strict on myself was really important to me. Um, so yeah. I think that was a really big thing. And then I think another natural thing is just the subject knowledge element, and especially with. I think subject obviously subject knowledge is very personal. Like we all have our own strengths and we all have our own um, areas that we need to develop. But I'm really good with things like history, geography. But then ask me something about music, I wouldn't have a clue. Um, yeah. So I think that's the beauty of going to primary is that you, you know the subject knowledge is so varied that like you are naturally going to have areas where you are going to you know find a lot easier and be more passionate about naturally. And then there are going to be other subjects where you are going to have to work on and that kind of takes away that I guess tediousness of, of the job you know because you know as well that you have to constantly be developing and learning I think that like, for me like that's why I kind of chose the primary route because yeah just definitely. something about focusing on one subject that I was just really mm. not there was something about it just wasn't sort of sucking me in whereas primary that the, the thought of teaching a wide range of subjects even some that I'm not very good at or don't really enjoy that much was just more appealing I think, I, th- I think as well, um, like like you were saying, Ben, I think, yeah, obviously we all have our own interests and passions that, that we're in, but I think it, it would be good to go into a school whereby you've got a range of people who have a different uh, passions and interests and you can like work off each other and see yeah. how things should be working. Because I don't, I don't think you should be expected to like 
know everything because you're not no, no, no. Na- na- naturally you're not and you're not going to be yeah. interested in in every subject but i think you have to have some sort of willingness to learn from other people yeah. who do have um specialisms or um, serious passions and interest in, in certain subjects yeah definitely and i think i've learned lots through one of my like tips for like going into training do push yourself out of your comfort zone when it comes to subject knowledge so i remember in my first year placement we only had to teach for the first part we were only teaching i think it was one or two lessons a day and so i was because uh, part of my course i chose the humanities specialism i said well i like to do like said topic because it was piece of geography topic so can i do that and my, my teacher said what do you want to do for the other ones and he said i suggest you do english or maths pick one and i'm much better at english i did english lit as level and all that and I know my subject knowledge is much better with English. Um, so I chose to do maths um, instead and push myself on my own. And I was quite lucky because my teacher was assistant head teacher in charge of maths. So I've got him who was the maths leader in the school. And then my university tutor was in the maths team at university. So I was really lucky I had this team of people um, to support me. And I pushed myself out of the top of the zone. I remember one of my observed lesson was like, uh, I was on time, teaching time, which if you haven't had, pleasure yeah um yeah, teach time and yeah. um, and my tu- and i was observed for that lesson with my tutor and my tutor the first thing she said when she gave me the feedback she was like ben to do a maths ob- lesson observation at nine o'clock on a monday morning observed by a university tutor on the topic of time regardless of what goes on in that lesson that's an achievement in itself yeah so <laughs> really just push yourself out of your comfort zone and then you realize even though you might think you're really strong like say i did with english actually then to teach something like writing don't underestimate because it's actually really hard um, yeah. some things are like actually knowing about something and knowing how to and being able to teach it as sort of the separate things but obviously they do go hand in hand so actually if you can sort of know where your strengths are and your areas for development are and push your areas of development as the make them your priority right it's really helped me so far and i'm sure it will continue to like next year as well yeah and you talked about this that i think that we we've obviously experienced it as well with that support network you get at universities and school placements and stuff we've had some really great lecturers that have sort of pushed us to, to work on subject areas that we you know may not be as you know good at at the start of the course whereas now obviously well particularly for me like i didn't i used to hate technology well, then I'm in my sort of level six, my last one of my last modules was on uh, technology assignment and was my highest grade. And, you know, like before before the module, I was just like, oh, this is going to be awful. Um, but just being pushed on by that support network and the tutor makes such a big difference. Mm. It needs it leads quite nicely, really, because um, obviously we talked about the support network and you've had on your placements and through uni so far. What was it like sort of before you made, you went to university and you were making that transition from work back to education like in terms of sort of family and friends what was the response mm-hmm. um how did they kind of help help you with the transition yeah i mean it was quite quite strange i mean everyone that i, I told was really supportive um and actually i think the very first the person that put the idea into my head is in into primary was someone that i was working with at the time i was working full-time she was working part-time whilst doing the same degree as me but a different university yeah. And all of the roles I had when I worked as a retail manager involved some element of sort of people or HR. And I got really interested in that. And so was really used to training and coaching people and that. And she said to me, like, Ben, have you ever thought about teaching? She goes, you're really good at training people, coaching people, supporting people. You really care. Um, Have you ever thought about it? And I was like, well, I have, I have, I was in that two minds, do I do secondary, do I do primary, if I was to do secondary, what subject, and the thought of going to university and doing a degree for three years and then teacher training for secondary sort of put me off a little bit, because ultimately, if you want to be a teacher, you might not necessarily want to do, say, a three-year history degree, you might just want to actually go and do a, a teaching degree, um, so she was, she was someone who probably doesn't realise how much of an impact she had on me that then sort of pushed me to go and get some work experience. Did, within five minutes, absolutely loved it. Um, and my, my family were really supportive. But at first, when I told my dad and my brother, they laughed because they were like, you've got no patience whatsoever. How on earth are you going to be a teacher? And then I realised actually from working with classroom that I've got no patience for adults, but I've got yeah. patience, lots of patience for children. Um, 
So that was a real big thing. But then I, like I said, when, when I went in there, I really, really loved being in a classroom, really loved working in a school. When, even when you're a volunteer, I'm so lucky with the, the three, I volunteered in three different schools before I started my teacher training. And there were three really supportive schools um, and really made you feel part of the team. You didn't feel like just a volunteer. You felt like mm. you were really making an impact. And I think that was really important. And then I think the transition into the education part, obviously, there's the academic side that I hadn't written. I'd, I'd done a HR qualification whilst in that, that four years. That was the last time I'd written an assignment. And they weren't, they were sort of level three assignments. Then go to sort of level four, then level five and level six was a big thing. But then also in the school part, that was the part where I, I wasn't, I was a little bit worried, a bit, a bit apprehensive, which I think we all are. But I'd gone from, in retail, I was the person showing the new people around. I was the person training people, inducting people. And then I had become that person. In a the totally inductee. Different yeah. <laughs> so it was, like, it was like going from that to that was the, the really, like it wasn't a bad thing. So obviously, ultimately, I know that that's something that will continue. But it was just like, yeah, making that transition was very, very different um, than what yeah. I suppose it would be for other people, maybe. I think similar to like, well, both me and Matty regarding like the assignment thing. Like obviously, like I, I went to un university what, three years after leaving school. Matty obviously didn't go when he, until he was 26. So like, <laughs> that, but, that's 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 10 years, that's 10 years for me, so what? Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the transition for like, yeah, the assignment thing, I mean, oh, the, our grades and like, our first year for level four compared to like what we actually ended up with and like oh I mean, hour 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 <laughs> hold, hold on a second let's not let's not you might, let, pull, let, pull me down in that situation with you mate level four level four are you mad we weren't we weren't getting good grades then like it was i've looked back at some of my writing and i'm like wow like yeah. i'm certain like some, some of the year sixes like doing their sats <laughs> and stuff could write write better than me i've, oh, I've avoided it at all costs mate I've avoided oh, it at all shocking. costs um but yeah no like i say that that transition period i guess like i was lucky with sort of supportive family and friends again it's always a classic isn't it when you go into teaching oh what are you doing that for are you sure like sure you want to be doing that it's like well yeah obviously i'm sure otherwise i wouldn't be going back to university but you know i guess I say just that initial transition to getting back into education and writing and learning again is always a bit mm. like, am I going to do well in it? Am I going to enjoy it? Or am I going to think, God, what have I done? Like, but yeah. I think, yeah, obviously for, for the three of us, luckily enough, it's, it's been the right decision. And I think we've all obviously enjoyed going back to school technically and, and learning, mm -hmm. um, which is, which is great. I think that's the most surprising thing though, because like, like I touched on it on like previous, like I, I didn't like, school like and didn't, didn't enjoy my a-levels and the fact that i actually enjoyed like write, writing like multiple assignments of like thousands of words and including a dissertation whereby i was actually interested i think yeah says quite a lot about my passion mm -hmm. for teaching because if you told me that i was going to like write multiple assignments of thousand words like when i left school i would have been like yeah you're having a laugh like absolutely no <laughs> no chance so i think that that's me like says to me like yeah this is like the right thing that i'm doing Apart from the podcast. Apart from the podcast, yeah. <laughs> no, no writing involved here. All, all, all talk only. <laughs> yeah, so following on that, for obviously like the, the transition phase into your training, yeah, you, you've sort of touched on it, but did you, did you do any preparation before your teacher training year? Like, did you uh, do subject knowledge? And, yeah, any, anything? Did, yeah, did you prepare, prepare yourself? Yeah, because I mean, it's quite hard because when you ask anyone, everyone always says, I oh, don't do anything, just relax. Because regardless of like what route we did in the one year or the three year, you're going to be busy. So lots of yeah. people said I was relaxed. I finished my job in the 1st of June. And I was like thinking, I think it's uni till like the 17th of September. So I'm like, what? Can, I can't <laughs> what, just do nothing in that time. Um, and <laughs> just so a I was, holiday then. Brilliant. I know, yeah. So I was like <laughs> thinking, what could I do? So I think the, the, the big thing that I did was actually. I was very lucky that I found this amazing school that whilst I was still working, I did two weeks voluntary experience there. Absolutely loved it. I'd done work experience before that, but this was like, it was a much smaller school. Um, and I'd, it was the first time, I'd, up until that point, I'd only ever been in year four. So, and this school, they gave me, had a day in reception, two days year one, two days year two, two days year four, two days year six. And um, 
it was it was a really good experience so much so that they said to me oh if you ever want to come back then feel free and i remember the the day after i left i emailed the deputy head and was like well i actually finished my work on the first of june can i come back for the whole of summer too and she's yeah. like, sure and i was like yeah yeah i don't mind i was like i'll come back and um i'll come back for the whole of summer which i did so sort of like a volunteer ta type role mainly working in sort of years one to three and doing other things as well and I think I know it's hard at the moment but I do think the best preparation is that volunteering um is any volunteering that you can get I know some people can't get it it's, it's it can be quite hard to get and some people physically can't fit it in because of work commitments or study commitments or um childcare or whatever but I think that experience was really invaluable to mm-hmm. then it made me feel really confident as to because by the time I'd finished it at the end of the summer I'd spent two days in ev- at least two days in every year group um, yeah. apart from a nursery because they didn't have a nursery um and so i felt then that i wasn't very worried as much when we got our placement email through and it would say you're at this school in year whatever um whereas lots of people can be really nervous about that and you usually see it like say on twitter or instagram people go oh my god i'm in year six what can i i'm gonna i'm gonna die in year six like sort of thing like it's like what, what can i do and it's like it's like you know i actually didn't feel as obviously i was quite nervous like if i was in year six yeah i was like because mm. so i found that actually through doing that volunteering i did think i'd be like a year four year three type teacher that's where i want to be went into year one year two absolutely loved it and, oh, i love you and then year I did, such and a good age yeah I, such I did, a good age yeah is and i did year two this year for my place and absolutely loved it i did year three the year before loved that as well but absolutely um really enjoyed it so i think volunteering is really good because also you're developing that network as well so like i actually then in the first year of uni because first year's wasn't as um it was quite spaced out compared to second year with things like placements and stuff um i was able to then still volunteer so i went back just sort of one day a week volunteering helping across the school um in in that in that same school and it was really good because i got to watch teachers teaching say so i could go and watch their year three teacher teaching and then i was going to placement one day a week and watch my year three teacher teaching and sort of get ideas from both um, and also, like I say, you're developing that network because then what I did later in the year was that school was part of a trust that I arranged to do a week in one of their other schools, um, in which was a totally different context. And they also, the school I was originally volunteering in, arranged for me to spend a couple of days in one of their other schools as well. So I was able to then get into a couple more schools um, and sort of just sort of show your face because I think yeah, that's really facing, important. Yeah. You, you want you want to get a job at the end of it, but you've got to face the fact you might, I've been really lucky, I've been to two amazing placement schools. Ultimately, people might have, say, three placements and they might actually work in three schools that they don't want to work in. So actually, what are you going to do to sort of get that, um, I think? And I think that's why the networking is really important. Or you might actually work in three, have three placements that are actually too far at the end of the day like we do have to get jobs at the end of and it's i know obviously particularly at the moment i know there's like all of a sudden no work around whereas like i'm sure like before like i know before like crying out for teachers now suddenly everything that's gone on there is sort of like a less opportunity as it were because i think less people are leaving leaving the teaching industry and more people obviously applying for uni so again like that networking is so important to kind of get you get your foot in the door and just sort of get your face recognised because once the, once the uni's done, isn't it? if you can't get a job, back to square one again, aren't you? you yeah, know? And it's, yeah. It is about it is about doing what you can to prepare yeah. for university like you did with your volunteering and things like that. Um, but also, so when you're in university and you're in them placements, you can sort of make a really good impression with what you've learned. So I think yeah. in terms of preparation advice, I was like, that's, that's really good advice because it's pretty much the opposite of what I did. I did absolutely nothing going into my placement. Uh, into my first year I was actually um I was actually away for three months traveling before then came back like the week before before uni started and just like rocked up and I was just like right well here we are so yeah like you know completely different sort of attitudes or whatever towards Mm. starting your starting your degree and I think it's good to kind of get that comparison that's kind of why we wanted you on to give a different perspective to what me and Sam can offer because we can only really talk about sort of what we've done. I think, I think like what, what Ben said in regards to like 
volunteering and experience. Like obviously, I was lucky whereby I had a job in in schools for what, the past five years now, and I've and mm-hmm. I've worked in the classroom and done PE. But like you said, like I've experienced all year groups as well, and I can't like stress enough like how important it is to actually physically go into schools and get that experience. So like like you said, even in your first year, I don't know what the situation is going to be like this year and what school is going to be like, but mm-hmm. if there's an opportunity for you to volunteer for like a day or two, do it because it will really, yeah. re- really, really benefit you. But also as well, um, I've spoken to like a few teachers about this as well. Like teachers say as well, the one thing that they miss and they regret not doing and they don't have the time to do it, is actually going to observe other teachers and how they teach. Yeah. They, don't, they don't have the time. So the fact that you are doing it before you're even qualified as a teacher is a, is a really good thing. And you're, and you're seeing it from like different perspectives and different teachers, even in di- different year, year groups is really good because you might not have that opportunity what, uh, once you qualify as a teacher. So yeah, yeah. like, like I, reason, think... I, I can't stress enough how important yeah. that, that, that is really. Yeah, and yeah. it makes you more employable, I think, as well, because if you've got experience across all year groups, you know that if you're applying for applying for jobs and there's a job mm-hmm. in year five or a job in reception, you yeah. know, like in yourself, that you've done it before, you've had experience in this, yeah. so you, you can go for it. Whereas, yeah, yeah. if you've just done like year one and year two for like three years, then like there's no jobs in key stage one, there's only key stage two, yeah. you're probably going to be a bit more hesitant to like put yourself forward for it. So I think yeah. it, again, it just it helps that employability massively. Yeah, and I think that a lot of when you see a lot of jobs advertised, they are just advertised as a class teacher. They don't say like EYFS class teacher, key stage one class teacher, because in some cases they don't know, yeah. because they'll probably say to the other staff, where do you want to be next year? And yeah. then you'll sort of fit in around it. So in some cases, obviously you'll probably be asked your preferences. And going back to your point, Sam, about observing other teachers, right? it's really interesting when you go to other schools that the different, the diversity of the staff, that you might go to one school where the staff have actually been, they're all really experienced teachers who've been teachers for, say, five, ten years, might have taught their own year group for three years plus. And you might go to another school where there's more, say, newer teachers or a mix. And so actually going to schools where you can get that range and seeing different teachers and people that have done different training routes and different backgrounds is really beneficial as well. And kind of like ties in really, because obviously we've we've talked about your preparation and obviously you have you have done quite a bit is there anything like looking back now do you feel feel like you over prepared for something when you didn't need to Mm, I think like the big thing I think some people when they try and prepare because subject knowledge is one of the big worries is they I think they try and tackle the national curriculum and if you think the national curriculum is like (laughs) over nearly two I think it's over 200 pages long it's you know it's like years one to six so there's a big period and and I think that one of the things our university was really good that they actually sent us some audits for the foundation subjects beforehand and asked us to sort of like rag rate ourselves, like where are you in these different areas? So we could then a little be a little bit more focused on what we then spent our time on. Um, I think the, the big thing that I tried to do but wasn't very successful as it was reading, whether that be professional books or children's, books and I've got I had all these books under my bed my own childhood that I just never read and I just tried to read all of them in one summer and I'm just someone that can get quite easily distracted so like actually to try and read all of Roald Dahl's books <laughs> in a summer holiday back, back to back feasible. as well <laughs> yeah back to back is not feasible as well as doing other things as well but I do think reading is a really good thing to do um but yeah I think like it's quite natural that you know you you're really excited so you want to do as much as you can but actually sometimes it's good to just have a bit of a take your foot off the accelerator and just do a little like have a bit of a a life as well and i think we've both sort of felt that now uh obviously finishing our undergrad and going into our pgc there is obviously we're new to the teachergram you know network life uh, which is great We, we absolutely love it but Again, there does come times where there is like, you know, you see so many people constantly preparing or doing things and it gets to a point where sometimes you're sort of like, am I like, am I doing something wrong here? Or like, am I just like missing, missing out? Yeah. And I think you do, you, you come to a point like we've had, we've had a few weeks and bits and pieces where we've just sort of taken ourselves away from it and just chilled, like I said, enjoyed ourselves, you know, just done whatever away from, from uni, um, even mm-hmm. the podcast and stuff. 
and it is about getting that like you touched on earlier work-life balance and I think you just sort of need to realize what works for you I think for me personally I need to be quite like relaxed and just take it as it comes and and that works for me whereas I know obviously some people they'll feel better if they're you know doing stuff and being more productive and it it is just about finding that um, sort of level of preparation which works for you. Yeah I think I, obviously, I agree, agree with what Matty's saying, but I think our personalities probably like slightly different. I think, yeah, Matty's very, very chill, whereas, like, I like being, like, productive and, like, doing things. Like, but it, it's not because I'm worrying. It's just because I just feel like, yeah, I can just do something uh, on this day. But, like, I still have the impression that even when we turn up to our PGC in September, they're not going to expect us to know everything. Like, it's literally going to be a blank. Because what you've got to remember with a PGC as well, like, people people will have come from, like, doing, like, other courses. So they might not have had, like, a primary education degree behind them anyway. So they, they might be coming to a course with no knowledge whatsoever. So I, so I, I do think, like, ex- they will take it as a blank state and just take it from there, essentially, which is why I just yeah. think it's a... Blank, blank slate. Blank slate, sorry. Which is why I think it's a really, really intense year anyway, because it's it's one year and you're you're literally cramming in all the work in mm-hmm. one year. Whereas you you've got three years, which is which is re- yeah. really good essentially. But yeah, like I'm not, I don't know. I'm so basically everyone like, that's not, not panicked, yeah. a, so basically everyone that's not done a degree in teaching, you're rubbish. Is that what you're saying? That's it. Didn't say that at all. Like, <laughs> just, just didn't say that at all. You're not gonna know. You're not gonna know anything about teaching because you've not done a degree for the last three years. I'm saying that. I'm saying that about myself as well. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not generalizing anything. Just gets. Can't call me out on a podcast being... like that. Like honestly, the views are gonna oh, go cool. down. They're already going down, mate. So don't worry about it. <laughs> After the PE one, it just went downhill, mate. People had enough. Far. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, in terms of being at uni, obviously preparation for uni, but obviously we're all we're all in it now, all amongst it. Um, I know, well, we obviously got in touch with you via Instagram, first of all, and I know you're obviously huge on, on your networking you're doing with your Instagram Connect and, you know, all these chats that you've created and these platforms you've created for teachers just to, like I say, socialise and get to know each other, which, is, which has been fantastic. In terms of the actual uni sort of experience so far, what what would you say you've you've enjoyed the most in terms of is it placements or is it uh, you know maybe taking this this role sort of on Instagram as more like a serious thing or you know just connecting with people in general? Like what what do you think it is that you've enjoyed so far about your degree the most? You would say. I think like naturally the time in school I've really enjoyed um, but a mixture of the actual placements organised by the university and also volunteering as well I think actually has really helped and the reason why I chose my course at my university is the way they structure it is typically on an undergraduate primary degree the way the placements work is the first years go out sort of the early part of the summer term the second years go out in say the spring term and the third years go out in the early spring term or autumn term and the way my university did it was that our fir- in our first year, we actually went out on placement one day a week to begin with. So from after October half term, we went out one day a week, every Tuesday from then until the end of May. And then we had two small block placements. So one in January and one in May of three weeks. And so actually it was really nice that you got to see a group of children really grow over a longer period of time. You got to see lots of... Um, teachers teach and you also got to see um, going to uni learn something going to placement sit in action come back reflect on it rather which is I think very similar to how PGCE and stuff works but on an undergraduate it's quite typical that you do just do a block and then you go back to uni and then another block and then you go back to uni so I think that was what I found that's why I chose my course over the other universities in the area because it was the only one that was doing it like that Um, and I think like our university said it's actually one of the best things we've ever changed they've only been doing it for I think I'm the second cohort to do this new style course and they said like sort of the retention rates of people wanting to stay in because imagine if you did a whole year of assignments and then you go in placement at the end of the year and actually find out you hate working in a school yeah. or working with children actually you've then done all that when actually you could have been doing something else but we've been like lots of people have said how positive it was and I think that really helped with workload and that because it was sort of eventually putting in more and more to you rather than 
just you know doing the university and then wallop you're on placement you got to do lesson planning all these other things um so i think that was really helpful but then just a really good university experience just a great team of lecturers who are all really knowledgeable really engaging really supportive um and then like the extra things through like networking and stuff because i think the thing with networking is when we teach train it's very i think we just network within our own bubble of training routes you might find that people who do pgc sort of network together whether that be on their own course or with other people people on a a network together people on teach first network together people on the skit and it probably is because you're with those people but actually we can learn so much from each other from our different routes we do um like one thing like i'm not saying i'm an expert as a third year student (laughs) but i'll be probably doing my final placement where i'll be teaching 80 percent whilst whilst i know the people on our pgc course our university will be doing their first placement where they're only be teaching 40 percent. so i've probably got some advice i could pass on to them similarly when they come to do their final placement they'll probably be doing their final placement alongside our first year students when they're just doing their 40 percent. so actually that transition they've made in that year in those couple of months it's not even a year we've all got something that we can all pass on to each other and i think I that's think, really cool. yeah i think you you said something really interesting as well at the start of what, what you're saying about the, the structure of your university um for me i'd I know I, I, I thought that, that was the norm that you did like what one day a week, week in school. Did did you find then that that might have helped with your like assignments because like you were seeing it physically in school, maybe what you were writing as well, or yeah. you could apply what you'd done in school um, to the to the writing as well. I I, I just think that's a that's a yeah. really, really really good way way to do it. And I, I, I thought that was just how the BA yeah. courses were, were, were run anyway. Um, definitely I think that and also our university you could tell they'd really thought about it how they were going to sequence say like our taught sessions together but also our assignments so our assignments were very much like go and observe so for example we had an assignment our core assignment the English element of it was go and observe a phonics lesson reflect on it in light with um, policy and stuff like that go and watch a writing lesson or plan a writing lesson and you're able then to um, even though it's an assignment not so much the essay part like your rationale but the actual lesson plan part you could run past your teacher which you couldn't do say if you were just doing the university part and then a block placement because you might not yeah. have contacts so I think that was it really helped and it also helped because then our university really spaced the assignments out so you could then do them alongside your placements so it was really manageable um, so I think that was like a really good thing so I think that's one thing that say anyone who's listening who hasn't applied for an undergraduate teaching course yet he's like find out the actual structure of a course because yeah. for our university it was a real big selling point that i remember i went to them one day and i went to another university the next day and like that just sort of blew me out of the wall when the other university they said actually we do our placements in this so, way you're birmingham um, university aren't you birmingham city yeah. yeah birmingham city yeah i know that yeah. i don't know when i was looking at masters um yeah, I think there's a university in Birmingham. I can't remember which one it is, but really high up in terms of edu- you know education um, across yeah. the across the UK. And you know, I think that well, I don't know if that's the same one as you, but that that idea of going into class sort of one day a week, I think, is really good because obviously we did the accelerated degree at our university, which was great, and we both absolutely loved it. Um, but one thing we haven't had enough time of yet is probably time in the classroom because of the intensity of our course, you yeah. know, with the two years being put into one. Um, so we've only had, you know, a couple, two, two week placements really. And that's it going into our PGCE. So I know probably from my perspective, um, having that sort of day a week would be like, I think I'd benefit loads from, from having that. So I think for you, for you, like you're saying, as an undergrad, having that experience is mm. really great um, yeah. to hear. And um, it was really nice being um, like, because then you're going into university and you're talking to everyone else in your group saying, oh, how was you, what did you do on Tuesday? And it was really nice because then we were all sharing what we had done. I was quite fortunate. I'm in my first year place at school. I had um, some, there was some other students in the school. I was one of six so there was quite a few of us who were reflecting with each other but actually we didn't all know each other because we were all in different groups at university and then you're then going into university um and it might be that like one of my friends she was um on placement in year three in a different school so we could sort of share what we'd seen and that sort of thing um so it was it was just really 
really useful just for that sort of reflective and sharing yeah. ideas part. It's so important to share, I think, as well. Like, well, the whole reason why we started this is to kind of just share these experiences and, and insights from people like me and Sam, like I say, have learned today from you that your course does a, has a particular structure, which we just thought was the norm, which apparently isn't the norm. So yeah. even just with this one conversation, we've kind of shown that like there's, there's different aspects of, of another way into teaching. And that's why in terms of sort of talking about teacher training, it's so hard to pinpoint like what to do, what's best to like, set yourself up for the year because each sort of course and each sort of uh person are different so it's yeah. i guess we, we're just offering advice for our experiences but anyone that's listening you know like whatever whatever suits you really depending on what you're going into and what you think is going to be best for you um then just do it back, back yourself and just do it i think, I think that's the key thing that, that well, ben said it as well and, and you've just said there. i think you you need to recognize that you, you are probably going to be different from everyone else, which is a good thing. You're going to have your own interests, your own passion, and you're going to have your own strengths as well. And you might, and you're going to have your own weaknesses as well. Same with me, like, but just if, if you are passionate about something, if you've got a strength in something, back yourself and, and, and do that. <clears throat> it doesn't, doesn't mean you're, you're wrong for having a weakness in, in another area. It just means that that is your passion, passion and interest. And just we've just got, we've it, got plenty of weaknesses, mate. <laughs> yeah. Plenty Many. of me and you, mate, all the time. This, this is one of them. The podcast <laughs> is one of them, mate. <laughs> <laughs> We're still we're still plowing through of it, so you know, good prime example. Um, we just like chatting. That, that that's that's the problem. It's so much easier than writing. That's why I yeah. see all these people doing all these all these sort of like nice, pretty things on on Instagram and Twitter and all these resources. I'm just like, no, talk me on a put me on a conversation. Let's just talk about it face to face. That that'll do me. That that that's how I need to learn. But again, you don't just like shows glitter, that glitter, uh, I'm just not creative. I'm so not creative at all. It's it's awful when I think about it. I think I think I'm going to get in this classroom and be. I guess I'm like quite an energetic guy, you know. So like, I feel like I'm going to in that respect, I'll be fine with the children. But when it comes to like, I'm going to have to start planning things and stuff like that. Like, I am not not worried about it, but I know that like, that's going to be such a big thing to sort of plan like creative mm. lessons for children to be like engaged in because I just. I know myself that like, it's not a strong point for me at all. Yeah. Um, now children would be writing out textbooks and like they're gonna have no displays. <laughs> like, yeah. Gonna, blank, blank walls everywhere. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna replace the interactive whiteboard with a black chalkboard well, at the front. <laughs> but I don't know what you're, think, you're like, Ben, because I think you're obviously more creative than you know the likes of myself with with, with what you're doing on on your networking side. Are you quite mm. creative naturally, or is it something you've kind of worked? Actually, on? no, I'm not creative. Like, and I think. When you say creative, I'm actually quite a creative thinker, but actually things like I'm not very artistic. Like my um my dad and my brother are really good at art. Um I think my brother he did GCSE art. I don't think he did A level, but he did GCSE art. My dad did like an O level or whatever it's called back then. Throwback. Um, Absolute throwback. So, yeah, throwback. <laughs> um so they were quite always really good. And I remember being really frustrated at art at school, um, especially not so much primary school, especially secondary school. So I didn't take, I never intended on taking art. Like as soon as I could get rid of art from my timetable <laughs> when I was in secondary school, I was like, I'm not picking that at all. Yeah. But then I went into, uh, I went in, and that was one of talking about worries. When we talked about worries, I was thinking, ah, oh, primary teaching, I'm going to have to do like lectures in things like art, DT, PE, all things that I'm not very music, things that I'm not very natural in. But our lecturers were so good and so like inspiring and, and they recognised actually we all were, some of us were naturally really artistic and some of us weren't. But then you get into a classroom anyway. I remember I drew this storyboard of the Chinese New Year's story and I drew this rat that vaguely looked like a rat and the kids thought I was like Michelangelo like they just thought it was like, <laughs> they thought it was like the best rat they're like oh Mr. this is can amazing you, can you draw this rat for me and I remember when I cropped a picture I cropped a picture on work we were looking we were, one of the school policies in um in their curriculum for my first year placement was when they started a new topic they always wanted children to design a cover sheet for their book so we did one and we did it on computers and I got this picture and I showed them how to crop an image and I got a massive round of applause for it. <laughs> and then I just did this bow because I was, they were like inundating me with these claps and the teacher next door came out and they were like, what were they cheering you on for? And it was like, <laughs> I cropped the picture, well, that's all I've done. So you can oh, so like, have the little things like that really like, you know, 
Um, I might be I might be alright then. Hopefully, yeah, I'll be alright. You'd be surprised <laughs> as well, like like I say, how like I thought when I was having to draw like a like a picture, I was thinking, oh, you know, actually, but you know. Yeah, you'll you'll be fine. I feel like as as your next post, Ben, you're gonna have to like share share your resource for that, for that rat drawing. And, rat. Yeah, yeah. So people Chinese people storyboard. use it <laughs> by Mr. Hobbit. Maybe I'll I'll draw another one and see if it's improved. Okay, <laughs> I've got the picture somewhere of the old one. Maybe I can draw a new one. Oh, I can't wait. I'm already excited to see it because I'll be robbing it. I'll be taking it for my classroom straight on. I'll I'll, I'll put that straight on the blackboard. Straight on the blackboard, the chalk coming off it like that. This is what this is what it looks like if you've got an interactive whiteboard, but not in here, not in my classroom. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. In terms of, I know Sam's going to ask, but what we've sort of enjoyed doing through our uni, but going forward, um, any top sort of tips or any things you'd recommend for people moving into either a PGC or going particularly into like your course or QTS, for example, any sort of big tips that you recommend and that you've either done when you were starting off or that you've learned that you wish you'd done when you had the chance? I think a big thing for me, my course sort of, because my university really aware of our wellbeing and our workload and stuff, um, there was a document that came out, I think it was last year, they implemented for the start of this year at our university about um, from the Department for Education about workload in initial teacher education um, and what providers could do to improve the workload and well-being. Um, and so one thing was in our first year, we started collecting a file called, uh, file called a PDP, which was like your, evi- your evidence portfolio, basically, which broke down into the teacher standards. And they, they said to us, you'll have this file. It'll go through with you through the three years. You'll probably put stuff in there in your first year that by the end of your third year, you'll take out because actually you've got something better to use. And they announced, oh, um, at the beginning of our second year, you're not going to have to do that anymore. You're not going to have a PDP. You're not going to have to collect any paper-based evidence at all. And I remember, like, being, like, it was like music to my ears because as much as, like, it was, it's really good when you look back on it and see, like, the things you've done, but to collate it and create it, which lots of us have to do, and we just have to do it to just prove we can meet the teacher standards, but actually it's so much work. And I think one thing that sort of people get into the habit of is sometimes creating things and doing things just to meet the teacher standards when actually, like, I remember in my first year placement, because I was, wasn't really teaching core subjects, I was teaching year three, one of the teacher standards on assessment is about using data and I hadn't used any data in my teaching practice. And I create this spreadsheet where I just had all the children's name and all the tasks that we'd done each week and sort of was going to like red, amber, green, if they'd got it or not. And actually I create this spreadsheet. Did I look at it again? No. Did my teacher look at it again? No. Was it going to impact the children? No. So actually like why do it? Whereas in my second year placement, then doing in year two, we were doing obviously some SATs and my teacher said oh it might be really good if one of us because there was myself and two part-time teachers one of us could start collating the data and looking at who's sort of on track to be getting that sort of the, the pass mark who's going to be on track to be grace depth and actually then that was useful because we could see who was on track we could track it we could see who we needed to focus on and actually that was also then if I did need some evidence that I'd got that um but and I think that because my university done that I spent so much time on my second year placement really thinking about teaching and how the lesson was going to be effective not thinking what can I do that I can then put in my own file because I know you it sounds a bit selfish but you do need to be a bit selfish because it's your it's, you want to show that you can be a really great teacher but you don't necessarily have to do all these create these things that aren't gonna make any so I think a big tip is to just not make things just purely for the teacher standards because it might be that you don't have something in your first placement but come your third placement or come later in your placement you will have something and you'll actually have more than enough whether that be you do an undergraduate or a postgraduate you'll definitely have enough and that will really help your workload and well-being as well so and that backs up sort of what Jonathan Glazard said last time when he was on the podcast he sort of said for his sort of tips anyone going into university like don't create things for the sake of creating it you know strip it right back to basics make sure that you know have the purpose in mind have what you want to get out of the lesson and 
and go from there. And if mm-hmm. and you know, don't create things for the sake of creating them because yeah. you're just causing yourself more work and yeah. ultimately sort of affecting your well-being and, and mental health, which is what we were talking about with him. But yeah. is, it, is it interesting that you've sort of said that as well? And I remember listening to, I was on a training thing and it was um, done by um, Sarah Mullin, you know, the author of, um, well, they didn't teach me on PGC. Obviously, she's a secondary English teacher. She was doing, I think it was about her sort of journey from NQT to now she's a deputy head. Um, and she was sat talking about um, like when she was an NQT and she did all these amazing lessons and she spent all this money buying things to like actually do lessons with. And she said, ultimately, it was really engaging, but did it make lots of impact and actually some of those lessons are really good like i did a lesson this year on um uh, our book was george's marvelous medicine we were doing instructions we made our own marvelous medicine and actually that was really useful because then we said right let's go and write up our instructions for what we made and it actually we know that something like that children can produce something much better if they're really immersed in it but actually yeah. imagine if i did that every lesson for the whole week obviously i bought some of the things myself i literally just put some water with some food coloring in um but ultimately if we did that every week every lesson for onus yeah so i think like like yeah like you said like you've got people like jonathan glazard and sarah mullen all these people who've done it saying it like like we need to sort of listen, listen to, to them, them basically yeah. don't listen yeah, to us yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to us yeah, yeah. We, don't, we don't know anything yeah yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> no completely mate yeah um, don't know if you've got anything to add to that Sam you've been a bit quiet last 10 minutes I think I've just nicked all your questions so apologies <laughs> mate no just just <laughs> interested in what, what Ben's saying really for like like tips and stuff because I think um, yeah like even on Instagram like I see like people like just yeah buying things off like Amazon I'm like where have they got the money from? <laughs> but, Where have like, they got the money from? Exactly. Like, I, I, I just, I, I just think that, that that's just not me. Like even as a even when I qualify as teacher, I'm not spending that amount. Of, like as much as like you're too busy buying trainers, mate. Yeah, you're well, too busy buying trainers, that's, mate. That's fine. That's fine. It's my money. Like, I'm not yeah. going to spend it on my classroom. You know what I mean? Like you'll be the best looking, best dressed teacher ever. I've absolutely <laughs> zero Classroom will look rubbish, though, Matt. Yeah, classroom will look it. You in the matter. front of it, mate, will look fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What is the point of displays? There's no point of displays. As You're, the display, good, You're the display, mate. You're the display. I am that's the display. <laughs> <laughs> I think with the, the, the really, being serious, like, the thing I think about it is like, actually, if it was really that important for my classroom, hopefully my school would give me the money for it. Do you know what I mean? Like, if it yeah, was yeah. really important for the children, hopefully you would think that. There's probably some head teachers that are going to listen to this and be like, well, I'm not hiring him if he's not going to buy something. <laughs> 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 that, that's he's not a job, so, uh, um, but yeah, um, I think like that's one thing. Like, it's really I think like learning environments are obviously really important for children, but actually, you can create a really caring, loving, exciting learning environment with minimal amount of spare minimum thing yeah. that you need. And actually, it is usually through if you've got that thought, those values of like kindness and love, and that you just wanna want those children to be the best they can be. You don't. Put, putting it bluntly, who, who, are, who are the children going to look at more eh, during the year? A display or the or a teacher? Who, who are they going to remember at the end, end of the year? A display or the teacher? The teacher. Depends how well dressed you are, yeah. mate. And I, think people, <laughs> and I think people do get confused between displays and working walls because they are different things. Actually, yeah. a working wall is something... I remember we had a session in our first year about like creating a positive learning environment. And it was like, actually, a working wall is brilliant because it's co-constructed with the children. It's something mm-hmm. that the children can contribute to and they can do. And that's why you like children love doing things like art because to have their artwork on display and when the parents come around and have a look, and like, mum, mum, look at that picture. You probably can't tell what it is, but it's a, it looks a really nice picture. But um, actually, it's that, that and being able to co-construct it with the children is probably more yeah. impactful than having a display with vocab on that actually they have a look at um so. what, what, what one of the best ones that, that i've seen in school i don't i, I don't know if you've, you've seen this as well but one of the teachers had um had the a picture of each child and each subject um he he put in uh, their best work from each of the subjects and they were spaced out all around the classroom mm. essentially so the displays were personal to the children and they were yeah. like working towards actually putting something uh in their little wallet so like the yeah. whole class could see see what they were doing but 
Yeah. yeah. And, and it didn't matter, like, if it was different from uh, other children, it, it was what they were capable of. And I, and I, yeah. I really like that idea. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think I saw one uh, recently where it was, like, pegs, and at least child had their own peg, and they could put, like, their most... I think it was, like, a, a reception or year one classroom, and the children could peg up their most proudest work that they were really proud of, yeah, um, which I thought was good. really nice. Yeah. One of the best things I've ever seen, not display-wise, but just actually on on um, on the gram itself, I can't remember it was by, I'm sure she'll tell me if, if she listens to the podcast, but it was, um, they basically created this book and it was like a passport book for like the children. They like had to draw like all like, the passport stamps and they'd like write about like, where they weren't like being on holiday and this sort of stuff and like create their own little like passport things so they could like take it with them. So then every time they like may have gone to like, I don't know, Northumberland or something like that, they could like mm. create a little like page for it. Yeah, you could see it was just like, they, it was obviously something they could like, you know, take with them and show like yeah. people like where they've been, what they've done. It links, it links nicely into that kind of working wall sort of, um, immersive yeah. experience where they've they've got something they're proud of and they 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 can show it to people, which is like yeah. obviously so good for for things like self esteem and, and self confidence in children. So I've seen like some schools that have had like class scrapbooks, which I think are really nice, which children can just add different things to. Um, and someone recommended to me it was a teacher that she someone had recommended to her that she at the beginning of her training she did a PGCE she bought a scrapbook and she said she adds in you know when you get like the children who do little drawings for you or give you a card or you get cards and teach them and stuff and she goes I just put it all in scratch I didn't have the heart to trick it away didn't have the room on my bedroom wall to stick them all up so she said she bought this scrapbook and actually just added this stuff in and then um, she says it's really nice because she says if I've ever had a bad day at work I go home and I open that scrapbook and then I'm sort of reminded like where I've come from and where I'm at now and like at the time she was like a senior been teaching five years senior leader in a school so she'd added all the things up until that point so it's something I actually went and did I went and bought like a three pound scrapbook from the works and just added all these because I got like a drawer just full of cards and drawings and stuff from children yeah. I didn't know what to do I didn't have the heart to throw them away um, yeah so it's like it, and actually yeah like looking back through it it's just really nice to then look back like and it's something got, that I think I'll keep in my classroom that you can just then add to. Um, I've got one of them in South Af- from South Africa. They like created a little like they were like created like cards for me and stuff. And again, like obviously I'm not going to throw them away because I just can't can't. I just feel awful. Like yeah. if there was someone writing me the birthday card at home, I'd be like, get in the bin. <laughs> Birthday's gone. Like I'm 29 now. But yeah, a little like card from like like. The children just saying like, "Oh, thanks so much." Just like, oh, "I can't, I can't rip that up and throw that in the bin." Like, just feel awful, don't you? It's just yeah. absolutely ruthless, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Four kids for the heart and soul into it. It was just like that. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> I had but one yeah. child on my first placement that drew me a drawing and gave me every Tuesday. So I've got like sort of like <laughs> thirty drawings on just scrap bits of paper, and I was like, "I can't shuffle these thirty away. <laughs> I've got to do something with them." So. But yeah, you mentioned sort of moving on to our CPD section. Uh, you did you touched on Sarah Mullen um, with her book, What They Don't Teach You in Your PGCE. You know, we think that's a really great book for obviously people like ourselves uh, preparing for PTC, but um, just anyone else. I think, like I say, a lot of the skills will be transferable and a lot of the things that she talks about in that book will apply to other other courses, other other situations. And um, for you personally, you know, what I know Sam should have, going to include a couple of suggestions himself but what have you, have you got any that you would you'd recommend for people to read up on teacher training the, the one book i read which i read just i can't remember if i read it just before i started or at the beginning of my training before i went to school was a book called how to be an outstanding primary school teacher by david dunn and it's yeah, yeah. a really really good handbook that i've got that many post-it notes coming out of it that I just keep going back to. It's really good for things like assignments if you're looking at sort of professional side of being a teacher, so like behaviour, assessment, that sort of thing. But actually in the classroom, it's just something that you just can keep going back to. And then another one, there's a couple I've uh, read. The one that um, how to make, uh, making every primary lesson count is a, a really good one as well. Um, as just, it's just a really, when you just read it, and I, I think I've read it within two days, 
um, like how simple it is to like sequencing learning, especially like the reason why I read it was we had a music lecturer at our university and everyone was really nervous about teaching music. And so he did this thing where he based teaching a music lesson around the, the process in that book. And actually when we all looked at it, we were like, oh, that's so simple. Like why, why did we get so like worked up about it? Lots of us hadn't taught music in our first year placements. And actually then when I went into my second year placement and taught music, I felt much better. Um, and then I'd say with behaviour, um, a good book is Paul Dix's When the Adults Change, Everything Changes. Um, it's a really good book. Um, the Paul Dix, I think he was a secondary head teacher who's now so behaviour consultant um, working with schools. Um, and we, the reason why I got drew to it was my second year placement school, the first week I was there, were they were rewriting their behavior policy for this coming September and they wanted to make it a more a relational relationships approach and um, one of the partner schools um, down the road was also doing it as well and we had training on it where from this um, I think she was a child psychologist educational psychologist and she came and did this training she based it around this book um, and the good thing is there's lots of examples in there and there's lots of things I think some people read it and think oh this is just for secondary but it's not because you can take lots of it back to primary and that and I think actually probably the, the good thing that that school did was that they actually got someone in to do some training and then the following week we actually all sat down as a staff team myself as well and they she, the head teacher had found some relational behavior policies from schools um and we actually then really digested them and said, well, what will that look for us? Because actually it's really personal, but actually just for some, um, because I think with behavior, it's one of the things trainees are really nervous about. And I think when I went to my university, I expected them, our first module was on behavior. I expected them to just give me like a toolbox full of strategies that I could use for when like a child refuses to do what I tell them to do or whatever. And we didn't get that. We actually, they got us to think, well, let's think about your relationships with children. Think about the learning environment. Think about how you use your voice to, to, to get that presence in the classroom. And actually then reading that book was like really, really useful. So I would yeah. recommend it to like anyone so definitely them three of work yeah I'll definitely, stick that, I'll definitely stick that on my list 100% because like I oh. said I've seen that I've seen that banded around a few times actually but no, it's good to hear um, someone talk about it actually rather than just see see the cover yeah. of it <laughs> there's, al there's also um, a behaviour as well um, Sue Cowley getting the buggers to behave is a good book yeah. as well and um, we had that for our first that was on the reading list for our first module and I was Quite fortunate, she did some um, CPD during lockdown, um, some online CPD for trainee teachers. I think she only did, she did a couple on different topics. And I went to her behaviour one, it was really good. She just really put that book into context mm. um, as well, so. Well, to be fair, Ben, you've, you, you've done my job because like three of the books you've mentioned there are, are the ones that oh, I've used. No, 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 it, it, it's fine. It, it, it's funny that you mentioned about, about music as well because, Matt, do you remember our first uni lecture when... Uh, Oh, oh. Oh, man, how bad was that? <laughs> like, so, basically, so, so basically, to break like the ice, as it were, he got us to uh, stand up and like sit, sing this song. Oh, it was just, it was horrendous. What, it was, like, what, was, what, it? what was it? It was Semwa, like, Garnet, Sem, shock Sem, you remembered it. How can you not? It was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> Semwa Dedende, was that? Was that? Oh, like it that. was so Dedende. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that was the it. Worst, first. Like, the worst thing was about it, right? So first impressions, right? So basically, he, he split the room in half. So basically, but I didn't realise this. I thought he said we had to partner up with someone. So I, I turned and faced this, uh, this girl and just started singing to her. And I was like, eh, what's going on here? And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, oh, it was weird. Oh, it was such a bad experience. <laughs> like, for, first impression, just like serenade into a gal. I'm like, oh, I just don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like you say, it's, um, you know, you've, you've mentioned some really great books there. And the fact that you've, so like, you know, if you both sort of say in the same books and, and talking about the same books for CPD for this week, then they must obviously be really beneficial. So for anyone that's, that's kind of listening that are that is a trainee um, or sort of in the same position as us or just you know like I say wants wants to read some really good books on teaching in, in general and of course they'll be up on our CPD uh, recap page on Instagram and on Twitter so yeah I mean 
Well, I don't know about you guys, but I've thoroughly enjoyed that. If you want to, if you want to catch Ben after this, I'm sure most of you that are listening are probably uh, aware of who he is. But if you want to catch up with him um, on Instagram, it is at Training Primary Teacher. Like I say, lots of fans on there, so you know, be inundated with uh, with messages, no doubt, after this. But um, if you want to get in touch with us, fire us on Instagram on at the Teacher Tomorrow or on Twitter at TFT Pod. Um, I know Sam's sort of going to round it off, but yeah, for me, Ben, I, you know, thanks for coming on, mate. Um, been great to chat, to chat to you again. As always, always a pleasure. Um, I'm sure in the future we'll be, you'll be back on talking about something, something else, mate. But uh, yeah, no, for me personally, it's been it's been great. So cheers, cheers, Ben. Um, yeah, great to catch up, mate. Yeah, massively appreciate you coming on, Ben. And if anyone's not following Ben, then please follow Ben because, like, yeah, he's. Yeah, he's really supportive on, on, on Instagram. And if you've got any questions or worries or anything like that, yeah, he's your guy, essentially. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you both for, uh, for setting up this podcast because I think, actually, for early career teachers, there's nothing out there that is just for purely for sort of early career teachers. And I'm sure, like, lots of people next year, as you go through your PGCE journey, are going to really resonate with some of the things that you Very and true. other people are saying. So, thank you for the opportunity. Top man, like I say, cheers for coming on, um, and yeah, see you next week, guys. Yeah, cheers. cheers.